Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference Podcast. My name is Mike McDaniel. Of course, I'm usually joined by co-host Joey Weaver, who's off vacationing with his wife in Greece. So I'm left to preview NC State with none other than returning guests in front of the podcast, Will Thompson of SB Nations backing the pack. Will, how's it going, man? Football season right around the corner. Yeah, man. I, I it, It's hard to believe that it's literally next weekend. It, it really kind of snuck up on me. And I'm glad to be back with you. I'm, I'm, so, I'm bummed that uh, Joey's not here. He's vacationing in Greece, but, uh, you can get over that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to think about the footballs next week. I, it really snuck up on me too. Joey's been saying the same thing and, uh, you know, I won't feel too bad that Joey's not here. Uh, and I know he's not feeling too, too bad about either. No, yeah, yeah. I got him covered and he's on vacation. Um, but uh, exciting to talk about NC State here. Uh, obviously, a, a relatively successful season, at least in, in my eyes last year, going nine and four, obviously making a bowl game, making some noise in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Will, we had you on last year talk about what would constitute a successful season for NC State. Obviously, the Wolfpack started out strong. Uh, they hit the stretch that we talked about in our preview last year, where they had Notre Dame and Clemson in back to back weeks. They had Wake Forest yeah. a little while after that. Um, and, and lost that game. So uh, they went two and three there down the stretch. But how did fans overall at NC State view last season? Uh, because as a, a you know, from an outsider's perspective, I thought it was a very successful year. And uh, to go nine and four with the schedule that they had, I, I thought it was a very strong year for the Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah. I I think on the whole that most state fans would would agree with you on that. Um, if you're kind of looking at it on a game by game, you know, basis, there's definitely some things that they left on the table. Certainly they would love to have had that South Carolina game back at the start of the year, but, uh, on the whole, you know, coming, bouncing back from that game, um, stringing off six straight wins, um, you know, beating Florida state in Tallahassee, you had that raucous game against Louisville and Raleigh. It was on a Thursday night where they wore those black jerseys that everyone loved. Um, it, you know, there were a lot of great moments from last season, uh, stretch that, that you mentioned where they had Notre Dame and then Clemson back to back. I mean, you're talking about two top 10 teams that they had played in, in, in two straight weeks. Um, they played Clemson really tough. Notre Dame, that game was, that game was bad from the get go. <laughs> um, but they're, uh, you know, they they I felt like what kept the season going um, as a positive was that game on the road in Chestnut Hill against Boston College. It was losing to Wake Forest the week after that kind of sucked, but the bounce back and took care of business against UNC. 
and then wrapped up the season on the in the Sun Bowl by destroying uh, Arizona State and the end of Todd Graham at Arizona State. So all, all in all, I think it was uh, a, a really solid season. It, certainly a lot to be excited about um, uh, and going into this coming season. That kind of leads me directly into my next question for you, Will, and it's it's really about Dave Doran. Uh, sure. Last last year, you and I talked on the podcast with Joey about Dave Doran and his job security. It had been an up and down tenure up until last year, and yep. NC State loses that opener to South Carolina, and everybody is essentially calling. Well, it felt like this anyway that everybody is calling for Dave Doran's head. Uh, so quickly at the beginning of last year. Uh, obviously, NC State goes on a run before that Notre Dame game and really writes the ship, gets themselves back into the top 25 and emerges as one of the elite teams in the ACC last year. Uh, how do fans feel about Dave Doran? I'm sure he's bought himself some more time there with the program after a strong 2017. Um, what are the expectations for 2018? And and you know how do fans feel about Dave Doran now coming off of a pretty successful 2017 season? Yeah, it's, it's funny to think about where we were last year at the start of the year, especially after the South Carolina game where the seat that Doran was sitting on was starting to get a little toasty. And then they turned things around. And, you know, by the, the end of the year, he was you know, being uh, courted by Tennessee to come get that job and ended up taking an extension with NC State. Um, I, I think fans are pretty happy um, with Doran right now. I think really all they wanted to see from him was progress. Um, there had been, you know, some flashes of that in, in I, th- I think year two or year three. Um, but they, uh, they really wanted to see some consistent progress. And that's what last season was, I think, for Doran. They had by far his most talented roster since he had been at NC State last year. And that was really kind of the impetus for wanting to see that. And it, you're not going to have a much more talented team, certainly on defense, that NC State had last year, and um, they managed to, you know, Dorn managed to find a way to get them to a point where they're making progress as a program. Um, so I think, you know, the expectation for this year, you know, I would suspect that, you know, even though there was a considerable loss of talent on both sides of the ball, I think fans are still looking for the way the schedule plays out for, you know, roughly about, you know, eight wins in a bowl, bowl appearance. That's, you know, a decent caliber bowl. I think if NC state wins themselves eight games this year, gets themselves to another bowl game, I don't think fans can really say anything other than well done to Dave Dorn. Considering definitely agree with that. Considering who they're losing on defense and we'll we'll get into that in a bit. And of course who they're losing on offense, which we'll touch on right now. You lose Jalen Samuels, who was essentially everything to this Mm. offense. Um did a little bit of everything. Carried the ball, was a great receiver, a returner, uh did a little bit of everything. Um you lose Naheem Hines in the backfield how do you replace two guys who are that efficient on offense and that important to the offense? And is it a matter of, well, we can't replace those two guys, but we'll do the best we can. You know, we have depth. Like what's the story there in regards to replacing Jalen Samuels on the outside. And of course, Naheem Hines. It's going to be challenging for sure. Uh, Samuels was the Jack of all trades for the NC state offense. You know, you could plug him in uh, in the slot. You could, you know, his official position was tight end. You could, you could put him, 
you know, right there, you could put him out wide. You could put him in the backfield. You're, he'd line up anywhere and he, he could score. Um, his ability to kind of um, have the defense key in on him and open up holes for other players is certainly going to be missed. Um, the the kind of change of pace with that, with the loss of Naheem Hines, is, is going to be difficult as well because he – you know, when he came in the game, he was so fast when he got the ball. And, you know, that kind of speed is is hard to replicate. Um, but I think um, as far as what the offense is going to have to work with this year, um, you know, Reggie Glaspie, we're going to look to see him take that step forward um, in the running game. Um, Kelvin Harmon, I think, is going to have a tremendous year catching the ball. Um, you know, he had um, several catches towards the end of last year that were absolutely sensational. Uh, Jacoby Myers is another one to to keep an eye out on. Um, so I, I think there are some names there that, you know, haven't made an impact quite to the level that, you know, someone like Jalen Samuels did, um, but that the opportunity is there for them. Um, you know, someone like Glaspie has worked really hard on his fitness in the offseason he's put on. Um, several pounds of muscle. He even changed his Twitter account to a picture of a bus because he wants to carry the team. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a lot of excitement that he's going to take that step forward. Um, you know, he got he got injured at the the latter part of last season, and that was a bummer because he had worked really hard. Um, so, uh, I'm hopeful that Glaspie is going to be able to you know, take that step forward because he's a really good kid. Changing your Twitter Avi to a picture of a bus is not <laughs> is nothing short of a power move. That's so right. <laughs> I I appreciate that, especially when you're replacing a guy like Naheem Hines, uh, who, who had the career that he that he did, and Reggie Gillespie, obviously going from change of pace back to now uh, potential bell cow. I I suppose it helps even when you have those two losses when you have a quarterback like Ryan Finley. Um, yes. In my estimation, he's the best quarterback in the ACC. Where do, where do you see Ryan Finley in regards to the rest of the conference quarterbacks, and what kind of impact do you think he'll have on this team in 2018? Because I think that the season essentially starts and ends with Ryan Finley and how productive he is. I 100% agree. Um, the biggest thing for Finley um, is that he just doesn't make mistakes. That was, you know, he had the benefit of having a lot of weapons on offense last year and had a really great offensive line um you know if he's able to you know keep that this year where he's got stability behind the offensive line and he can go through his reads and make decisions he's gonna keep the offense on the field the whole game because he's simply he simply just doesn't make uh you know forced mistakes he you know he's the steady hand of the offense he keeps the offense on the field and you know, he's one of those guys that that just doesn't get bothered by any of that stuff. He's the the leader that the offense needs. So you've got some young guys that are coming in, like uh, Ricky Person, the freshman running back who I'll talk about later. Um, you know, having a guy like Finley in the huddle to lead those guys uh, makes a tremendous impact. You know, he's been through some of those tough games um, against big teams like Florida State, like Clemson, like Notre Dame. You know, he's got that game experience to to lead the offense. So, you know, certainly if he's on the field, you know, getting drives that are, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes a game, you know, a drive, 
uh, that really makes the pack's chances for victory high. Um, I definitely think he's uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the, in the ACC. I think the kid at Boston College is also spectacular. Um, but, but Finley, you know, certainly, um, you know, he has the potential to be that top quarterback at the end of the year. It's not often that you can say a quarterback at Boston College is one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. It's very true. It's <laughs> I, been I t- a while. <laughs> it, has, it has been a while. That should bode pretty well for Boston College and their chances to make some noise this year in the Atlantic. Um, but I talked a little bit about this earlier. We, we kind of touched on this. You only have three starters returning on defense. Um, you, you lose Bradley Chubb and essentially the rest of your defensive line. But Bradley Chubb, of course, highlights that highlights sure. that group. What are the expectations for this defense? I mean, I think a step back, taking a step back is, is a reasonable expectation, but there's still a lot of talent on that side of the ball, even though the, the, the group as a whole is really lacking experience. Yeah, it you know, that's that's certainly fair. I mean, you and I were chatting beforehand. It's it's a blessing and a curse that the entire defensive line was drafted in the NFL this offseason. So, you know, it's a lot of notoriety for NC State, you know, and it's it's absolutely helped with their class of 19 recruiting class, uh, particularly in the state of North Carolina. A lot of the, the guys they're getting are really highly touted that we haven't gotten at NC State in a long time. But at the same time, going into – 2018 season there's there's a lot of gaps there they're going to be difficult to feel to fill um certainly i think um someone like darian roseboro um senior is going to be looked upon to be kind of the the leader on defense um on the line i think um andreas bryant um affectionately known as big e by most fans um i think this is going to be the this the year that he makes a huge impact um you know, for me, I'm I'm always nervous about the secondary, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's going to be a challenge um, more so on defense this year, certainly just from the the turnover that we've had. What's the level of concern overall for the defense? Maybe, maybe not just for you, but maybe for for Pack fans and and you know people who follow the program. I I think I would label it as cautiously optimistic. I think. Um, you know, certainly they're they're nervous at the you know the loss of all these talented players that have gone under the NFL and other things. Um, but um, the strength and conditioning program at NC State right now is really really top notch. Uh, D'Antonio Burnett, who's a former player, um, was known as Thunder Dan when he played at State, is leading that um, that part of the football team right now, and their conditioning and fitness really. As I, I've never seen it be better. Um, so I think, you know, there's going to be some opportunities for players to make names for themselves. There's, there's probably going to be some big plays that are given up, but I think that goes with the territory just because you got some new guys there that are going to be trying to make plays. So I think there's opportunity there, um, but we're going to have some growing pains with that. That's completely fair. Um, I, I think that's a, that's, a fair assumption. Um, I don't do this often, Will, but I feel like since we're recording this podcast, this is big news that does not necessarily affect the ACC, but definitely affects college football. Uh, Ohio State announced that they have suspended Urban Meyer for the first three games of the year. That's Oregon hmm. State, Rutgers, and TCU. 
and the athletic director Gene Smith has been suspended without pay until September 16th. That's wow. it. That's it. I'm <laughs> the longer that that went, the 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 less surprised I am by the <laughs> by the outcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. It, that'll be that'll be a story to watch in the coming days. Definitely uh, will. Uh, so, Urban hmm. Meyer sticking around. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I, I'm surprised at that part. Um, I, I thought that the athletic director might get canned. I was going to be surprised if they they let go Urban. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fallout from that for sure. <laughs> the only thing that I, I can think of with this is the Chris Carter quote from a couple of years ago that got him canned from ESPN. It's, you know, always have a fall guy. <laughs> and yes. it felt like it felt like Ohio State at Ohio State. It was Urban Meyer, Gene Smith, like everybody was looking for a fall guy in this whole thing. And now it looks like both Gene Smith and Urban Meyer are going to survive, which is something. <laughs> um, yeah. Ba- back to back to NC State. Uh, who's the one new guy to watch on offense uh, that, you know, there there are a lot of returners, but you got to replace Naheem Hines, got to replace Jalen Samuels. Who's the one new guy who who we should keep an eye on here? Uh, when watching NC State this fall, I'm really high on on Ricky Person. He's a, the highly touted freshman running back that's coming in. Um, he's been a little banged up, you know, in camp, um, but I, I think once he's able to kind of get through that and and get into um, some actual gameplay where he's getting you know eight nine carries a game initially. I think he's going to be able to make a tremendous difference in terms of what kind of options. NC State has as far as what their you know change of pace are or change of pace is with running backs. Um, he's a really explosive kid. Um, he's a playmaker, so I he's definitely one that I would keep an eye on um, as far as like a new person to look out for on offense. Uh, that's fair. Uh, might even be the change of pace back. You know, um, yep. we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. You have a lot of options for the new guy to watch on defense. <laughs> So who's, yeah. who's the one guy or even a couple of guys we should keep an eye out for on defense? Cause there are a lot to choose from. I know. Yeah. I, I touched on uh, Andreas Bryant earlier. Um, this is his senior year. Um, he's a 330 pound defensive tackle. I, I think he's going to, this is going to be the year where he makes a significant, consistent impact on a game. Um, he's a, he's a great kid. I, I don't have the exact, story link off the top of my head, but there was a story that uh, one of the local stations did hear about him and the impact that he's, you know, doing with the community as well. So he's a really great guy. Um, and I, I think this is going to be a good season for him. Um, you know, Roseboro is not necessarily a new guy either, um, but he's going to be kind of the leader of that defense um, to and kind of to lead some of the freshmen and, and other guys there. Um, you know, those would probably be the two that'll make the most impact defensively. It's interesting with NC State when looking at the defense because a lot of the guys who are who are filling in and and really going to make an impact this year are upperclassmen. They're just finally getting their shot at, at real real playing time and and full time snaps. So I think that's the one interesting thing to watch with NC State's defense. Definitely, yeah. There's there's going to be some new names that pop up. You know, guys that we haven't even you know considered, but. Um, yeah, Chug Frazier, uh, Andreas Bryant, uh, and, and Roseboro, certainly. 
And with that, Will, it's time for the fun part. It's time to take a look at the schedule. Uh, so how we've been doing this here on the podcast or our season previews is that Joey and I have been going through with our guests that we've had on surefire wins, surefire losses, and toss-up games. Yeah. Um, it's been a very interesting exercise overall in the ACC uh, when previewing these teams because really, especially with the Coastal Division, so not necessarily, uh, this doesn't necessarily apply as much to maybe NC State and the Atlantic Division, but the Coastal Division in particular has a, like so many question marks, so many teams that could win between like four and eight games. It really does. And it's been a complete bloodbath uh, when looking at the <laughs> schedule. <laughs> um, I, I don't anticipate that to be to be quite the case here when looking at NC State's schedule. I feel a little bit more confident about bucketing these, uh, bucketing some of these games. Um, so let's start with uh, surefire wins. Uh, wh- what are some games on the schedule you look at as surefire wins, games that NC State absolutely has to have, absolutely should, yep. and will take care of business in? For me, um, you know, certainly you can't lose to Marshall on the road. You can't lose to Georgia State at home. Um, Virginia at home. Virginia has been terrible. Um, I, I, I think off the top of my head, those first three, you know, of those first several games, those are the three that you absolutely have to win, you know, moving through the rest of the season. Um, you know, I think Syracuse is going to be a better team this year, but that's still a game that you have to win. Even if it is on the road, um, you got to be uh wait for us at home. Um, and I think, I think Louisville is going to take a significant step back this year. And that's, that's one that I would, you know, also qualify as a, a must-win game if State is going to take that step forward where they're kind of competing with Florida State for number two behind Clemson in the Atlantic Division. That That's, total, that's totally fair. Um, of those five or six that you mentioned, are, are there any games there that you can't imagine them losing outside of, I guess, Georgia, Georgia State and, and at Marshall? Yeah, I, w- I would be shocked if they lost to Virginia. Uh, I, I just don't see a whole lot there that Virginia has that could could really make NC State sweat. That that's completely fair. I, I would I would bucket Georgia State, Marshall, and Virginia into surefire wins. Um, I would ordinarily bucket Syracuse as a surefire win, but you're going to the Carrier Dome. Yep. Uh, it's a it's a game that NC State should win, um, and I think they will win. But it's not a game that I'm comfortable putting no. as a surefire that's win. Gonna, that's going to be a close game for sure. As a Virginia Tech fan, I, I've seen the Hokies. Uh, not so long ago, like yes. 2016, yes. <laughs> go on the road to the Carrier Dome and lose. I, I saw a, a team in Clemson that won the ACC last year go to the Carrier Dome and lose. I'm not comfortable counting up any surefire wins in the Carrier Dome if I'm a road team in the ACC. Um, so I won't bucket Syracuse as a as a surefire win. Uh, nor will I bucket James Madison in the opener as a surefire win. Not because I don't. Nor will I. Not because I don't think NC State will win that game. I think they will. But James Madison is one of the best teams in the FCS. And they're going to be one of the best teams in the FCS again this year. We'll have an opportunity to compete for another FCS national championship. Um, They're very well coached. They're an outstanding football team. Uh, There is a a discrepancy in talent. I do think NC State's more talented. Um, I think NC State will win that game. But I'm not counting that as a surefire win. So I guess... While we're kind of dipping our toe in the water with the toss-up games, why don't we just dive right in? Um, 
James Madison's a toss up for me. West Virginia yep. toss up for me. Yep. Um, I, I think home against BC is a toss up for me just because yep. BC I think is going to be very good. Uh, at Clemson is actually also a toss up game for me. I, I know Clemson is going to be outstanding and one of the best teams in the country this year. I get it. They're, if they're not a lock to win the ACC, they're as close to a lock as you can be with yeah. this conference, um, given the talent that they have returning. You know, we're talking about, you know, NC State's defensive lineman getting drafted. Uh, wait till the 2019 NFL draft when, oh, N- yeah. when Clemson, yeah. <laughs> Clemson essentially has two entire units on the defensive line that that is expected to be drafted. Um they're they're going to be outstanding. It's going to be one of the best defensive line um, rotations that we've seen potentially in college football history. I think they're that good. Um, but with that being said, NC State um, was literally a field goal away from beating them. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen it. I, I've seen them come damn close um, on the road to Clemson before. I'm not going to discount NC State's chances in that game. I'll throw that as a likely loss, but more of a toss up. Um, Wake Forest, absolutely a toss-up. At Louisville's a toss-up. At North Carolina, it's only a toss-up to me because it's a rivalry game. Um, other than that, NC State's a more talented team. You could probably bucket that as a surefire win if you wanted to, but since it's a rivalry game, I'll put that down as a toss-up. The only surefire loss I have on the schedule is the homecoming game against Florida State, and maybe that's me being ignorant because NC State going on the road to NC State is very tough. It's not an easy mm-hmm. place to play. Maybe that no. should also be a all should be also be a toss up game. Um, but but I like Florida State's team this year. I think if you're going to mark if you're going to mark down a surefire loss on this schedule, I, I guess at Clemson or home against Florida State would be the two, just because they're the other two most talented teams on the schedule. Um, but it's more toss-ups and sure and surefire wins than anything else. It's really tough to bucket a surefire loss in the schedule. Will yeah, I, Clemson is going to be a challenging game. I think the the Wolfpack will be fired up for that. They you know they've, they've had two really close battles with Clemson, and they're they're really close to to breaking through. But they're just a really really talented team this year. It's just going to be tough to win, especially out on the road. Um, Florida State, I'm not. They're a huge question mark to me right now. You know, they had a challenging season last year. Um, they've got a new coach that's come in, um, and you know, I you know they're going to get over all the injuries that they had last year. But um, they are they're just a. You don't really know what to expect from them just yet. At least I don't. Um, so. You know, we may get to November 3rd and Florida State is top five. We may get to November 3rd and they're not in the top 25. I I, I really don't know. I I want to bucket that as a toss-up, you know, just because they're just a huge question mark to me. But as far as like a surefire loss, yeah, you could put Clemson down for that. Um, I'm really curious as to what's going to happen with North Carolina because – They've got some players that are suspended to start that season. Um, and the way they open up, they've got a, a difficult game on the road at Cal. It's always hard for teams in the East Coast to go to the West and, and deal with that. Um, then they play at East Carolina, which will be East Carolina's Super Bowl. And, you know, they've, they've got a couple games after that that are going to be challenging. 
Um, so we, you, they may be looking at a one and three or, or, or you know, at worst an zero and four start. And I'm, I'm curious how they're going to respond the rest of the way. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up about UNC going out west and, and East Coast teams struggling going to the West Coast for the opener. Uh, it reminds me of Virginia scheduling that series with Oregon, where they were essentially the crash mm-hmm. the crash test dummy for a really good Oregon team with Marcus Mariota, and they just yes. went out to the West Coast and got smashed. Um, it's it, it's uh, it's very interesting ACC teams scheduling Pac-12 teams early in the year. It's it's a bold decision uh, with the out of conference scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to go on the record with no surefire losses for NC State. I'll go with Florida State uh, and uh, and Clemson as toss up games, uh, especially since Clemson, uh, you know, before Clemson, NC State does have a bye week. So I think that will help. Um, they, they do have a little bit more time to prepare. So I'll go on the record as NC State having no surefire losses, which makes this record prediction for NC State. Uh, pretty pretty difficult to tackle. Um, I've struggled with this with several teams. Um, I, I write it inside the ACC. Well, I'm going to put together my season preview uh, later this week, and I guarantee you that my record predictions that I put down in my season preview uh, on paper will be different from what I've said on each and every season preview for these individual teams. <laughs> But yep. number one, number one, because there's so much uncertainty. Number two, because I won't actually remember what I said. Um, I should hopefully remember this one though, because you know I'm doing this right before I write it. This feels like eight and four, and I can't pinpoint the games they'll lose. I I, I think at the very least Clemson and Florida state seem like pretty tough games. Obviously West Virginia out of conference on September 15th, even though it's at home, that seems like a game NC state could potentially lose. Yeah. Outside of that, it's the toss up games. It's the home game against BC that I think could potentially determine second or third place in the division behind Clemson. I, I, you know, I think Clemson's outstanding. They should win the ACC Atlantic. They should win the conference. It's really, in my mind, a fight for second place. I, I I truly believe that that game October 6th against Boston College, depending on how Florida State's playing, uh, could have a major impact on who takes second place in the ACC's Atlantic yep. Division. Yep. Um, so that's one of those games. is a complete toss-up for me. I'm going to go with 8-4, and four, Will. I, I have I have no idea what to expect out of NC State. I think they'll be pretty good. Uh, when you have Ryan Finley and a lot of good players still on the offensive side of the ball, I, I mean, I think they'll be one of the best offenses in the conference at the very least. And if the defense catches up quickly, I think NC State has a chance to be really good and surprise some people. But I'm going to go with a more conservative approach. I'm going to say eight and four. I'd be surprised if it was worse than that. I, I think at the very worst, seven and five. But this is a team that's definitely going bowling, even in a rebuilding year with that defense. Yeah, I think eight and four is is definitely doable for the way, especially the way the schedule plays out. If you're looking at it on a on a four game schedule basis, you know at at worst out of the first four games, NC State should be three and one. Um, looking at the next four, you could make the argument that they might go two and two over that stretch, and then over the last four games with. Um, you know, Florida State, Wake, at Louisville, at UNC. You know, I think you know three and one is is definitely um, you know attainable there. 
So I, I think eight and four is, is, is a likely outcome for sure. Well, an eight and four season coming off of a nine and four campaign. Uh, look, NC State gets to eight and four in the regular season. They have a chance to go nine and four again. That wouldn't be a bad rebuilding year for Dave Doran. No, not at all. Uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so, well, with NC State, just like many other teams in the ACC, will uh, we'll have to see what happens because there's so much uncertainty with numerous teams throughout the conference. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you know, obviously, Joey sends his regards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, mentioned he was he was hoping he'd be able to jump on, but you know, he's on vacation. Um, so. Will, thanks again for coming on. Uh, tell everybody, tell the listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, so you can um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Thrillist4. Um, I, I'm on there a lot talking about all sorts of nonsense. Um, and then you can f- um, see what we write over on backingthepack.com. Um, you know, we usually do, you know, game interviews uh, where we talk to another SB Nation site or a beat reporter of that team, ask some questions. Um, my colleague Steven and I over there do a podcast every week, um, talking about, you know, any off season stuff, the football game or, you know, kind of general stuff that's been going on in the ACC. Um, and there's all sorts of other, um, stuff that the team there does. So we got a lot of content there that, you know, you guys can find on backing the pack. Yeah, make sure to go check that out. Of course, of the SB Nation Network, that's backingthepack.com. Will, thanks again for coming on, man. Really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, Mike, happy to do it. That's Will Thompson of SB Nation's Backing the Pack. We appreciate him coming on. Uh, We got to get out of here. We got more previews coming up. We still got to do UNC and Duke. Of course, we got our big ACC season preview. Joey and I will record later this week. And then, of course, the week one preview dropping early next week. Can't believe football is already here. Uh, But until then, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. As Joey says, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mike McDaniel CFB. Joey is at FTRS Joey on Twitter. Uh, Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. So go check that out. Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate and review us on Facebook. Find all of our podcasts there. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. And, of course, if you want to send us an email, uh, as Joey says, uh, send it to longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, for Mr. Will Thompson, I'm Mike McDaniel. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, go ACC.